All right, all right, all right, all right. Hello, everyone, and thank you too. <laughs> thank you for coming to another episode of Let's Talk About Feelings on the Reinventing Tattoo, the Tattoo Network. Uh, big thanks to Guy Ageson, Gabe Ripley, and everyone at <laughs> the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Thank you to all the sponsors. Uh, all of the partners, everyone that makes this possible. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, today, I had an impromptu tattoo se session because I don't know how to manage my schedule. And uh, so we're in the tattoo shop today, uh, once again. Nice. So yeah, uh, how are you guys doing? I'm doing, doing well. Doing good. Driving to the movie theater. Okay. What cool. movie are you going to see? That remains to be seen. Uh, <laughs> just taking myself. There's a movie that just came out about Adam Driver going back in time to fight dinosaurs with a laser gun. Okay. Uh, there's a movie about a bear addicted to cocaine. I mean, the sky's the limit. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. All kinds of choices. I've been uh, been a little burnt out, so I was like, "It's movie time. Need a little little uh, chill time." Well, you've been on the go, man. Yeah, I. It took me a whole freaking week to get um resituated after being in Portland. Like the the time change and everything from like West Coast to East Coast and all that. Yeah, definitely yeah. wacky uh so we landed in cincinnati i think by the time i got home it was like 1 in the morning but it was like the equivalent of like 10 30 at night out there so my body was all out of whack and then there was you know helping the apprentice and tattooing and doing busy work and yeah just kind of got me a little off kilter so i was like today i'm gonna i mean i just did a handful of smaller Pinteresty tattoos, but I was like, I'm going to dip out at podcast time and go. Hell yeah, man. Well, that's fucking good awareness to like know that like, hey, I need to take myself out on a little me time session here. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I was, I was so bummed. I was talking to your son not too long ago because uh, he posted that video where he's got the crazy tie-dye wall and uh, I was like man I, I really want to see a music show uh, is like one of the like I was like oh, I want to go see a movie I want to go see like actual live music it's been like two or three months and uh, I was like hey are you performing at all while we're in Florida and he's like I got one April 1st but then no he's like I've got one in Indiana and I was like oh that's only like 90 minutes from me if that like I might drive out to see you and it's the week that we're in Florida of course so uh <laughs> I was I was just laughing about that so we got to figure out a way to get him back to Florida ASAP and do a show before Josh and Aura and I leave right well he's uh he's doing a show this weekend but uh, I don't think that helped you <laughs> yeah that's what he said he's doing an April one I was like well well <laughs> I love live music. It's like my favorite drug. Hell yeah. Well, that was, I used to live in the downtown part of Dayton, like the Oregon district where all the bars and everything are. And like, it used to not be unreasonable to see, you know, four or five shows every week. Uh, you know, every bar always had bands playing and stuff. But yeah, I think uh, it's, been at least a month maybe two or three months now and i was like I, that's my other thing i love to do so i need to go do that Hell yeah, well, well. um sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but um if you are looking to see live music anytime you come here we're going to start doing a car meet slash live music on the back porch every saturday i mean every uh once a month uh on saturdays so I think nice. it's like the third Saturday. So once I get the schedule really locked in for that, we can put together, um, you know, another get down uh, and try and get you down here to check out some live music and be, be part of Jaden's fucking entourage. 
You know, yeah. make a make a fucking crusty punk kid uh, stop on stage and fucking show these fuckers how it's done. You know. Yeah, I'm in. Fuck yes. Yeah. So, um, so how are you? Uh, I. Uh, I am doing a tattoo that I didn't expect to be doing today because <laughs> I screwed up my calendar and I thought my friends were coming from Indiana next month and uh, they're here now. So I came to the shop today, but right before I came to the shop, I had Brittany um, hit me up and say, hey man, there's uh, this lady here and she's you know causing a ruckus, I need your help. So I come up here and she's very mad because she agreed to not get her tiny tattoo done in one session and then got mad that it was going to cost her a second session. So she just wants my artist to eat for uh, work for free. And so now she's been threatening to call the cops and take us to court over, over a tattoo that isn't finished and she doesn't want to pay the hundred dollars to finish it. So I don't know what her like long game is. Good news on that is I've received so much bullshit and so many weird haterade type situations recently that I'm like, oh, you're just barking because you're having a bad day. And that's just what it is. And I'm sorry, but like, nah, man, you don't get to fucking bully my staff and then like get your money that we don't even know you. So yeah, that's yeah. where I am right now. But aside from that, um, honestly, the weekend was fucking phenomenal. I didn't work Saturday, which usually doesn't happen. So I went to a car show uh, and then Sunday, I, uh, my shop sponsors a cars and coffee meet. So we took the, the branded shop tent and the baby and one of the puppies and Jade and Donna. And we all went and chilled and did that yesterday. And Bill came out with his car. So like, you know, aside from all that, like I've, uh, I've got a really amazing appreciation for my family recently like even more so than I did before. And um, yeah, man, uh, just on a journey trying to heal myself, right? You know, fucking trying to be the best shit that I can be because sometimes I feel like not a good shit. So feel like I'm being I a good feel shit. That. Feel like I'm having a good life. Uh, and I'm learning to just like accept weird things like the thing that happened today as they come. And, you know, you just roll with it and don't, like, get affected by it and just, like, be the best version of yourself, even if people around you can't contain or control themselves. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's that type of life right now, you know? Sometimes ourselves is all that we can control. Dude, that's it. I had that situation this weekend. Okay. Holler at it. What happened? parents of you know um are we went camping this weekend with the girl scouts well girls that are up under a certain age have to have a parent with them so the parents kind of grouped together and didn't really spend a lot of time with the leaders and were a little bit clickish mm. and i'm like nope i'm not going to high school right. i'm not going to react to this after all, I am one of the leaders. Right. So I rose the, to the occasion and I did not react to petty clickishness, for lack of a better word to describe it. Right. And, you know, like uh, creating, uh, choosing not to return people's energy is so healthy and so for you and not for them. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It really is. It would have been a waste of my energy. Absolutely. To lower my vibration to that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's just not worth it. You got too much in your life that you got going on that you don't need to deal with somebody's bullshit. Um, and it's weird, right? Because like, if you identify as a healer or somebody that gives love or somebody that fucking cares a lot and somebody that tries real hard to make sure that people are good and happy and wonderful, uh, it's hard to like not feel bad for creating boundaries against the bull. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, if I was perfect, 
I would act like this. And it's like, well, there's no such thing as perfect. So why don't we just allow ourselves to feel, do, and be in a way that our highest self would feel, do, and be. And as long as you're in a fucking, in the right, in the right seat, you're good to go, you know? Uh, don't yeah. worry yourself and, and kill your energy for their bullshit. So yeah, good times. Yeah. Plus, I wasn't going to let them ruin my weekend because I was, one, in the woods, two, camping. Two of my favorite things. Right. So you're not going to let nobody fuck with your, you know, harsh and mellow and shit. No, not at all. I like that. I like that. And, you know, it's really weird when we start to realize that, like, we got this and we can, like, keep our shit mm -hmm. together. <laughs> but it's a prideful, like a good pride, like a happy pride. Like, I'm proud of myself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm proud of the fact that I've evolved past, like, 20 years ago, I would have matched energies. Right, exactly. And that doesn't do nobody no good. No. I don't, every once in a while, it's kind of nice to play a little bit of fuck me, fuck you. So, well, you yeah, it, it does feel good. Um, you know, I get a little bit of what is it called? Schadenfreude. Yeah, what does that term mean? I, I don't even know if I pronounced Definitely it correctly. Have to Somebody it. in the comments could be totally be like, it's this, not that. But from what I understand, it is um, getting enjoyment out of seeing someone getting their just desserts or karma revenging on them. Got it, got yeah. it, got it. Whether you have it, something it, to do with it or not. It, uh, it is shot and fraud. Okay. Or at least that is what I am led to believe it is. And it, it is very much the, uh, when, when you get to watch people hit the find out portion of the fuck around segment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. Okay. And it's kind of nice. I, I had a nice dose of that out in, uh, Evergreen watching absurd things. It was, it was nice. Yeah. Sometimes it feels good. Just knowing like, okay, I wasn't crazy. This really went down. Yeah. And this is how it is. We've all we've all got to enjoy our little pettiness here and there, but it is definitely a time and a place thing and knowing when to be the bigger person and when occasionally like, yeah, you let karma do its thing and you took a step back, but that doesn't mean that you can't get your chuckle in when it happens. Right. Yeah. I'm a passive aggressive witch. I bless everyone around them. Right. <laughs> <Well> <laughs> I've been running into a lot of um thanking a lot of the people from my past quietly in my head for teaching me how to deal with shitty people and shitty situations and things that I don't yeah. like and become. Uh, and it's been really interesting to like be there and be like, wow, instead of being mad at this situation, I'm kind of like, fuck, this is kind of cool. Cause like, thank you, past person that hurt me. Thank you for like all the times that I felt. Like I was justified, but people were like wronging me and I didn't know. And now I know the truth because I've lived through all this a number of times and hindsight has allowed me to see the truth. So now I can live in my truth during the pain because there's no yeah. such thing as you not hurting my feelings when you try me on some fuck shit. There's no such thing as you not hurting my feelings there. But, yeah. but when I fucking acknowledge my truth, and not let you take from me my energy. Wow. What a nicer feeling that is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can get to the end of the race before I even finish. So now I don't even care what place I get in because I know I'm a fucking winner no matter what. And, and it's fun because when you react with that kind of energy, like the lady that came in earlier, you could have like bowed over or, you know, dealt with it or like, well, let's only charge you that. But like when you stand in that and you're like, nah, Life has prepared me for this. You're on some bullshit. Uh, you get that nice fucking shot and fraud we were just talking about where, like, nothing outrages the Karens and the, I don't know what the male equivalent, I feel like Stanley. Like, oh, Stanley. Uh, Ken, uh, Stanley with a like, C. <laughs> yeah, like, no, nothing upsets those people more than when you are able to kind of swing out and be like, no. Well, and dude. like watching them like let me let me walk in here and get my way and you're like no and they just like fucking hem and haw and like no one ever takes 
if they're that kind of person, they never take that kind of energy or that kind of like standing in your power and like, a, well, goddamn, you know, I thought I was going to pull one over, but this guy here is a straight shooter. It's always very much like, you know, they fucking melt down like Starscream and they're just like, like it's so easy to watch these people just completely lose their shit and to just get to know that you did nothing wrong and to just have your little chuckle at like, ha it sucks to be you. Yeah. And you know, it's like, and I don't have to be mad at you. I don't have to hate you. We don't have to be not friends, but at the same time, we're not friends because friends don't treat me like this. Uh, we can be amicable, but you're not allowed to come around because you've lost access to me. Um, and I know my truth. I know my worth. And when I tell you the truth and then you start just throwing arguments at me, I just know you're in pain. And if you just came to me and asked for a hug, we'd be getting along a lot better. Because like, I notice I do this. Like if I'm in a really bad way, I'll start lashing out at Donna. And then every little thing she does, I get mad about, right? Then after a while, I'm like, dude, your fucking center's love. Stop this. So I find love again. I go back to my center. And then I'm like, wait a second. What am I doing here that I could change? Oh, I'm taking fucking offense to everything. I'm getting mad about shit. Why don't I just fucking just be cool and just be happy and be loved and give love and receive love? Oh, wow. Now I'm human again. But like, it's this really weird thing. Like between losing centering your is important. What's that? Centering your energy is important. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You're centered. And you I, see these people for what they are, and they're just looking for an anger thing. So, yeah, like with Donna, I would get mad and I'd fight. And instead of fucking fighting, I'd just be like, now I just go to her for a hug. And a lot of the time, like, she'll hold me and I'll cry. I'll get it out and then we'll move on. Instead of me yeah. being a jerk off and making her feel bad and making myself feel bad. And now we got a problem, a real fucking problem, you know, that I created. And that's what I saw this woman doing. And I like, I felt bad for her, but also, look, dog, your tattoo is seven days old. You can't just start getting mad at us seven days from the time that you agreed to a second session. Like, yeah, sorry, buddy. So, yeah, people, they, you're right. They definitely don't like it when you just drop the truth on them. And, like, this is this is the systems and processes I put in place. Uh, I tattooed this one crazy giant guy. Uh, he says he comes from um, Spartan bloodline. I'm like, this dude makes me feel fucking small, tiny, small. And uh, he's really scary looking and he's quiet. And so you get to know him. So he'd come back in the room and he'd start fucking mentoring me on business ownership. And I didn't even know it. Like he didn't even know it. We were just started talking. And he told me systems and processes. Once you put your systems and processes in place, then you don't have to worry about things going wrong. And now I have systems and processes for how my staff acts, how I act, how my clients are expected to act and how my artist acts. So like, when we're all in alignment with the way we're supposed to act and you're not, it's really easy to say, I'm sorry, you're wrong, but this is where we are. And you agreed to every one of these rules in your fucking signing of the release form. So fuck off. <laughs> so like, and it's nice to stand in your power that way and to set up your life other ways. It's really cool. Um, and I'm learning that, like, just tell people how it is. Boundaries up front. But yeah, guys, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Just wanted to finish that thought. You're muted, Dusty. What a bunch of bullshit. I don't know why that happened. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I love any time we get with this to turn it into being about tattooing as well is always fun because it's a show about feelings, but it is also cool to be like, oh, we're on reinventing the tattoo. And it's, this was a huge conversation that I had last week because I was out at Evergreen and I talked with a few different people about this that, uh, like the Portland tattoo laws where you have to go to tattoo school and all that are like real oh crazy. My God, they're crazy. And I was talking with actually Medusa that's on here a lot. I went out and stayed with her for a day and uh, she drove out to Eugene with me and um, her shop owner was out there running a booth. And uh, like, we got to chat about it a lot because I got to kind of see it in action. And it's crazy because if you go to tattoo school there, you don't have to have a traditional apprenticeship. And the first thing that I said, I was like, that seems crazy just for the fact that like you could go through tattoo school and just open a shop. And like, you're not a tattoo artist yet. You have not apprenticed yet, but like, you can just, Oh, I'm licensed. I'm opening my own shit. And I remember telling her that like the biggest thing of apprenticeship is like, yes, you learn to tattoo, but you learn a proper apprenticeship 
should be, you know, I, I have my personal opinions about what should be taught and how long it should be and all that. Everybody's a little different. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing that everybody can agree on is that you should come out of an apprenticeship essentially ready to run a shop. You shouldn't yeah, be running a shop yet because you just came out of your apprenticeship, but you should learn every inch of it and do every job and be able to be prepared for everything. And it's funny because I said all that and she agreed and she's like, yeah, basically what happens here is half of the people do tattoo school and they're drafted into a shop or they do it and then they go seek out a mentorship and tattoo school is part of their apprenticeship. But the other half don't ever really apprentice and they just, you know, they drop the however many thousand dollars mom and dad pay for it. And then mom and dad set them up with a little private studio space. And I just remember I kept thinking, like, no matter how artistic you are, no matter how much you excelled in tattoo school, you, there's so many other lessons you have to learn before you should be in charge of a business. Yeah, yeah. She, said, she said that's what happened is she's like, oh, like a dozen private studios open every month here, a dozen private studios close here every month because everybody thinks it's a hobby and they get into it but they are not prepared because they never went through a true apprenticeship. They never learned those life lessons. They never tattooed at a shop to learn how to deal with people. And the first person that they have a big old blowout or there's like the ink migration or they fuck up a tattoo, this person comes back at them like in rage mode. And they're just like a random ass 19 year old kid that never apprenticed or really went through everything. And they don't know how to deal with that. And it's so funny to hear you say that and to be like, oh, Robbie's been like creeping on three decades in the game. He still has to go deal with these people. Like imagine being 19 and breezing through, mm. you know, the online fucking Coursera for tattooing and then just being like, I'm going to open up a little spot, shoot some tats and like, just oh. like fuck one up. And some grown ass adult comes in like, nah, we got to fucking handle this. And you're just like, I, I, guess i'll call my mom and dad like i don't know man well see, uh, in new jersey it's pretty hard to get an apprenticeship you yeah. have to put in two thousand hours to get your license under a mentor in the shop but you can legally open a tattoo shop and hire tattoo artists without having a tattoo license that's so wacky i don't understand that I had such a hard time finding an apprenticeship before I found the one I'm in now that was of any quality whatsoever that I considered getting a grant for, you know, a single mother who's getting back into the business industry to open a tattoo shop and hire tattoo artists to get me my apprenticeship. God damn. That's, That's how insane. serious I was about getting my license. I'll just That's open up a shop, hire really good tattoo artists, and get them to give me my apprenticeship. Well, like, and that's so backwards because, like, you don't know anything about running a tattoo shop if you've never had the apprenticeship. Yeah, you could do a good enough job. But I do know a lot about running a business. Well, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about in general. If you don't fucking yeah. know what you're doing in the tattoo world, you can open a tattoo shop and then create <laughs> the artist to teach you how to tattoo. That's fucking so backwards. Yeah. Like, that's, that doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. But like, you know, it, more power to you if you could do it, but that's fucking ridiculous. You know, like that's crazy talk. But here we are and laws are laws and rules are rules. And This is why there are 12 tattoo shops within an hour of my house. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean- Which is wild, because you said, you said 12 tattoo shops within an hour of your house. And I'm like, Man, I can think of like 20 within 15 minutes of my house. Like Dayton is yeah. saturated. I'm, I'm in it's rural crazy because... New Jersey. Okay, that makes a little more sense. I was going to say Dayton, for whatever reason, I'm pretty sure we have like three times as many as Cincinnati and Columbus combined, which are both about an hour away. You guys are Probably because there's nothing nothing else to do in Dayton. But uh, yeah, we've we've got a lot of them for sure. But yeah, it is funny to think about that from that standpoint of like, just imagine if half of them were owned and operated by people that like never really apprenticed or whatever. And it's not to say that there aren't great people out there that may not, know, you know, maybe they know a ton about running a business or maybe they know a ton about this or that. But the idea that like that should be part of the apprenticeship is that you learn how to deal with those clients. You learn how to run the day by day. You learn how to do social media. You learn how to do portfolios booking clients like you should come out of it 
you shouldn't come out of it and immediately own a tattoo studio, but you should come out of it damn near ready to own a tattoo studio yeah. because you've learned over the course of this year or two to be so well-rounded. And so, you know, which is not to harp on the state of Oregon or how any of it worked or people that go to tattoo school and all that stuff, but it is, if you do that, like also seek out an apprenticeship and learn X, Y, and Z, because that's definitely going to help you a lot more than, you know, just taking the school and being like, ah, this is all fine. And then just doing whatever, because you don't have the systems and checks and balances, like Robbie was saying, and you don't have the toolbox and you don't have the means to deal with those things. And once you get those things, it's going to be so nice to like he was saying with that lady like oh i've got all my systems and processes everything is streamlined you're gonna walk in here and bitch and moan about trying to get a free tattoo like i'm ready for this and it's going to be really easy to shut it down and it's going to be really easy to not lose my sense or you know not flip the fuck out not let it weigh on me for weeks not deal with all this stuff to just step in and be like i'm in my power i'm in my feelings i know what i'm doing boom here it is Right, exactly. And like, it's actually a really good feeling because I know what it's like being a fucking 17 year old kid turned loose onto the tattoo world and being a fucking, you know, a fat kid that got picked on a lot. And like, I had the power when I was young being a tattooer. So if you came in and tried to fuck on me, I fuck on you big bitch, you know, and like, it was terrible. And I put out a lot of negative karma that way, you know, like, fuck you, I'm gonna win because I know who I am. And now it's like, I take that that confidence of fuck you, I know who I am, and um, use it as like, hey, kindly speaking, I'm gonna fucking tell you who I am, and you're gonna understand this is where we live right now, and you can't live any other way here because this is how I live. So like, I just yeah. have that old sense of me and the new sense of me, and it's a very fun thing to have when you know how to harness the rage that used to scare you. Um, yeah. Because you can take that rage, turn yeah. it into straightforward communication and just put a fucking dad voice behind it because like i just speak up a little bit and now you know i mean business because i'm telling you the fucking truth and you're just and that set the biggest thing i think you can do that we all make mistakes of when we're younger is learning how to harness and focus it and i think the biggest one is like you just said being able to approach it with a mindset of i'm going to talk to you professionally this isn't about oh, I'm, you know, fuck you. It's like, no, we're going to talk about this like adults and I'm going to explain logically where I'm coming from and why, and everything's going to be fine. But also the ability to, the biggest part of knowing who you are and doing your thing boils down to the ability to see the positive and the negative in that. And the amount of situations that I've been in where like, I know a lot of artists that no matter they could have five tattoos come back in the same month that all healed rough. And there is no way that they are part of the problem. Oh God. I love and, guys. You know, uh, I, I know, I know more than one of them, but like, I equally know, I know a lot of people that, um, you know, are, are willing to admit, and I've done this with clients plenty of times where I'm like, Hey, I don't, I don't know what happened here, but like this one spot just did not heal up well. It could have just been that we went a little too deep. It could have been your skin had a reaction. It could have been, you know, every once in a while, it's somebody that comes back a month later and their tattoo healed bad and they're like tan as fuck. And you're like, well, I know where you were, um, you know, and sometimes yeah. it is, but that ability, like knowing who you are and knowing your power is also the ability to admit that you might sometimes be part of the problem. Absolutely. And you are absolutely one of those people. I like to think that I'm one of those people. And we know a lot of people that like will refute everything and argue with everyone to the point of like, they can literally be holding, like standing in the burnt down house with the can of fucking gas and the matches. <laughs> They're like, everybody's trying to fuck on me. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's such a silly thing. But when you can step in and be like, Hey, I have my, you know, my share of this too. Uh, that that's just the most powerful shit and how much stuff gets done by being able to, like you said, to take a step back and speak calmly and logically and also to be like, look, I've got my part in this too, but like, I'm also going to be the solution 
uh, I'm not going to let you fucking walk all over me. Like, we're going to fix it, but you got to shut the fuck up and let me fix it. So, uh, like, and you, you can yeah. step in and swing, you know, the fucking big dick, but also be like a leader about it versus a fucking ruler. Well, so it's funny because you keep saying that I handled it so diplomatically. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> The the story version of it seems very diplomatic. I was I was I was in my power, um, but you know I was like I was like so here's the fucking story. We're gonna sit here and fucking talk like grownups, and you're gonna tell me what the fuck I need to do to make you happy. How about that? And it's funny that, that is surprisingly diplomatic, though. Right, but like I did, so I used the big dick strain, right? You know, like I I let her know it's there. Yeah. Um, but the thing was like, and then and I knew she was. And that was kind of a little indicator, right? Because she did the, well, I don't use that word. That's fine, dog. I don't go and fight with people about money that isn't mine. So, you know, like, and I didn't say that to her, but it's like, I noticed when she said, I don't use that word. Okay, so you're trying to like belittle my actions and you're trying to let me know how much authority you have over me, but you don't. Because just because I said fuck a couple times doesn't mean I'm wrong. I'm absolutely right, which is why I'm saying fuck, because it's fun to say fuck when you're right. And also, yeah. I say fuck when I'm happy. I say fuck when I'm sad. I say fuck when I'm angry. It's a goddamn adjective in my fucking life. So I use that word like salt and pepper. Right? For real, dude. But it was it's it's funny because like I did, you know, she <laughs> she tried to play me and I was like, you can't play me, dude. Like this isn't this isn't how it works here. You can't. You can't let me know that I'm in the wrong when you are absolutely in the wrong. And, you know, I think also I went through a lot of feeling bad about treating people badly in the past. So now, like, when I know I'm not treating you badly, but you're trying to, like, dude, when my, but you know, Brittany, when my, when my manager, Brittany, calls me, I was talking to Dusty, you know, Brittany, um, like, when she calls me and says, like, yo, I need you up here, she doesn't do that. So when she yeah. does... Like, what did you do to my staff? <laughs> they need me to come up and use my dad voice, sucker. Like, and, and the cool thing was like, um, Lindsay's clients were in here and they, they were like, yo, they fucking, they were giving Lindsay and Brittany props. I was giving Lindsay and Brittany props because I'm like, the fact that I came in here and nobody's like cursing, screaming, yelling, you know, there's no bloodshed. Like you guys really handled this like fucking grownups. And Lindsay didn't even realize what a big deal that is for her. Cause I'm like, dude, Tattooers can fucking throw a tantrum hard, and you didn't. So, like, yeah, you're a I love you guys. I appreciate you. Thank you for being so real. And uh, honestly, it's cool because it gave me an opportunity to celebrate my fools in the, in the shop. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're so good that they know how to handle crazy people before I get here and really fucking drop the axe with the, hey, this is how it goes. I'm recording you now. This is what it is. So, like, sorry, lady, you're 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 in the wrong. And uh, you know, I love you, but. You got to go. So it's an interesting time when you figure that out. And like you can walk away knowing you really did the right thing. And I feel yeah. proud of myself That's... for standing up for my artists and my, my management, you know, like shit. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely like you definitely did the big dick hammer version of it. But at the same time, you presented her with like, you're going to calm the fuck down and we're going to talk. Oh, well, I don't use the fuck word. Okay, well, I do. And I'm not asking you to. So don't ask me That's to change exactly how I am. That's exactly what I was thinking. Well, now, I now we're going to fucking talk this out, though. Whereas you could have just walked in and been like, leave. Or fucking talked her <laughs> soon and told her to eat your ass. You know, like, it, it could have it gone way worse. You right. put on the dad pants, but you equally were like, we're going to hash this out. And that's there's right. a lot of people that don't and won't. Uh, right. you know, I, something, something that I really, 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 there, there's a, there's a mile long list of things that tattooers do that I dislike. One of the things that like really, really like top five things that tattooers do that I just cannot stand is people who go online and they like oh. post screenshots or they post stories and they talk about this fucking client in here even if the client's in the wrong, like you will, you will maybe hear me talk about it because we're friends and we talk. Right, you will right. rarely, if ever see me go online and say anything negative about anything, because that is your first impression to so many people. Yeah. You'll lose oh, so man. many clients because they'll My, think what they're, what are they going to say about me when they're done? 
my my homie shared this dope ass boat that this guy tattooed. I want to get tattooed by him. Let me click on the boat and look at the rest of their profile. And you just see screenshots of them like this fucking client, this fucking dumb bitch, this fucking asshole, dude. Can you fucking believe that? You know, I, I have a friend that had to let an artist go and she was a good artist and she wasn't doing anything wrong in the sense of like she wasn't stealing, she wasn't lying, she wasn't whatever, but she would be very vocal in front of clients about it's not not wanting to do Pinterest tattoos because you're like, hey, we got to go a little bit bigger. That's not going to heal well over time. And it wasn't, hey, you know, let's consider this. I, I did a cross on a girl today with some flowers on it. I've tattooed her multiple times. And she wanted to do it uh, to where she could look at it. And I was like, hey, just so you know, that's going to be an upside down cross. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Let's do it the other way. Uh, And it worked itself out. You can be mindful of that. But this girl was like straight up in front of people. Like she'd be stenciling and someone else like, oh, hey, what are you doing today? She's like, this dumbass fucking infinity loop flower, this fucking Pinterest bullshit in earshot of the client. Yeah, that's and, not like right. he basically no. he basically Pinterest told her he's like he's like, he's like you're you're a good client or you're a good artist you're my homie but like I gotta cut you loose because I fucking run a business here and people don't want to come back when you're like this um and he ended up cutting her loose over it but it's one of those things where like even if you're not doing it to their face if you're doing it online like that client can find you their friends can find you. Uh, and even if it is a situation where it's like, nah, this person was legitimately in the wrong and they're being an awful person, you can save so much mental fortitude and emotional battery and so much of yourself by just choosing to be like, that shit was fucking wacky and maybe tell a couple close friends about it and then not posting it. Right. Like there's no, you're not getting business from posting it. You get like a little bit of internet cool guy clout from a bunch of other cool guy tattooers that would probably turn on you at the fucking drop of a dime. You're not really getting anything out of it. And I'll see these people that are just always online bitching and moaning. And I'm like, motherfucker, you make a hundred thousand dollars a year to wear what you want to wear and listen to music you want to listen to. And on your worst days, you're tracing infinity loops. Like, God, tell that to the kid fucking cleaning out the shitty toilet at Arby's for like $9 an hour. Well, uh, for example, Caleb Neff, he used to be a fucking janitor when he was working through his apprenticeship at the high school he went to a year before. And like, yeah. that was debilitating for his fucking psyche to be a janitor mm-hmm. until two years later, all these fucking, you know, it was a Mike Jones story. Back then, those didn't want me. Now I'm out there on me. You know, like, and my man had to go through all that. So like, dude, that's why I love the fucking the perseverance of the real tattooer that's had to go through some shit. You know, when somebody says and that and that dude this, and him that? specifically, he is such a grumpy Gus online. <laughs> but I really can't think of any specific scenarios where he's posted about people. Dude, he's and that's and that's, that's, that's the G move. It's he'll go on there all day and be like, fucking everything and everyone sucks. You know, like he's a grumpy dude, but I've never really seen him like client shame or art shame or anything. He's just like, here's dope tats I do. Come holler. And that's like such a perfect mentality of like, you can even be a negative dude and still conduct yourself in that manner where you're not just shitting all over clients online and you're not just, you know, being that guy. And it's like, clearly it's not hard. No. So like, like Caleb, but people be doing it. Caleb gets to bitch. People will fucking piss him off and he's be like, if you be like this, I don't fuck with you. Sorry, don't come to me. And then that's it. That's his thing. Yeah. But you know what's funny? Um, this might sound like a little bit of a bash, and it might be. <laughs> Tattoo shop council. Once I got thrown out of there for reasons I don't know, nobody told me, but I thought the page disappeared. And then one day my buddy was like, no, it's still there. And I was like, oh. He's like, yeah, you probably got thrown out of it because you were starting to do tattoo education stuff. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, but it's funny because, like, since they threw me out of that that group, bro, I don't see anywhere near as much negativity in the tattoo world because, like, that's a group of dudes that get together. Or not just dudes, just humans that get together. And just, like, there's a little bit more bashing than needs to be. I don't know if it's still like that. It's probably been a year since I've seen it. Um, but, like, the, a lot of these tattoo groups, man, it's like every artist needs a, has a feeling of, like, a need to, to get on their soapbox and preach, um, but sometimes it's just so detrimental to everybody involved. And like, all you got to oh, do yeah. is 
change the words around and the way you deliver it. And boom, now we can all be friends, even if we disagree. Um, and it's, it's hilarious because you know everybody you? should be allowed to vent. Jeez. Like there's nothing wrong with venting and there's nothing wrong with that mindset. Have a homie or two but that you vent to. Yeah, have your people at your shop, have a homie, have, you know, a significant other at home or somebody. But like the internet is just not like the internet does not forget. And anything that you think is scrubbed is not. And anything that you think people don't see, they do. And like, just, I just can't imagine. And I've seen people online posting stuff about like, hey, I'm looking for a new artist because my artist was really nice to me and they did my tattoos. And then I saw them online specifically bitching about me and my tattoos. I don't want to go to them anymore. And it's like, dude, people will find that stuff. Your yeah. friends will share yeah. it. Other people will share it post blow up. And then all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I really put that person on front street. That shit happens. Um, our doula um, that assisted with Donna's uh, birth of Zen. So I did a tattoo on her completely out of my natural style range. It was one of those um, negative space bands around the arm with the flowers that are real soft and shit. So I love that person. She was there when my baby was born. She gave me a fucking break when uh, I needed to just go walk outside and take two hours in the fresh air because I had been in a fucking hospital room for 35 hours waiting for a baby to be born, right? So like that woman's always gonna have a special place in my heart. But when she told me that she saw the artist that she was choosing bashing clients skin types online. She says, I don't want to go to her anymore. She does this style. She's amazing, this person. But like that person was like saying like, this motherfucker sent me an email and I seen your skin and it's disgusting. I, and who the fuck I know, I know who you're talking about because we met right. them. Yes. And you were yes. telling me about that. And it like stinks because it's like, dude, you're so good. And like, you're so valuable as a, as a human and a tattooer. Like, why do you have to treat clients like this? Because you're so good. You're so booked. You're doing fucking great. Like, don't get mad at people for like being not perfect. The girl's fucking gorgeous. So like, don't like people that aren't gorgeous feel this way. Like, fuck, dude. Now, Come on. This, this is going to sound weird when I start this statement. Uh, I promise it gets better. I like that. I know an art. I know an artist who wouldn't tattoo black people and it was not a race issue. He had done a few things and he's like, dude, the way that I tattoo, the way that I work my machine, I'm not great on black skin and I don't feel comfortable doing it when I know there are artists in my shop that are way better. And, and he, it, it was something where I think I saw him do it a few times and he bent, but overall he would be like, Hey, Someone here is going to do way better, and I've had bad luck with keloiding. I don't want to send you out there with a bad tattoo. Yeah. He took ownership of that, and he was like, this is not a race thing. You know, I love all people. We're good, but I want you to get the best tattoo possible. So-and-so here is going to crush it, right. and I'm not going to be sitting at home in bed awake after your tattoo worrying about, <laughs> did I goof it up? Did I do this? Did I do that? Right. And that was such a fucking G move that this person had the willingness to be like, I am the problem. And I would rather you the same way that uh, one, of, one of the first times at my shop that I'm at now, I passed something to the owner because it was like more black and gray realism, which are like my two least, like my weakest points, black and gray and realism. And I remember that the client and him both, when I, I approached him separately, I approached the client first and made sure they were cool with it. And then I approached him like, hey, I want to send you these people. We're both like, why? And it was such a like, they're like, don't you want to tattoo me? And his was more like, why are you passing up $1,500? And with both of them, I was like, because this person's going to do a better job and you're going to get the best tattoo possible. And admitting like, hey, those are my two weakest points. I do a lot of color and I do a lot of bold line work and saturation. Soft black and gray realism ain't my thing. Right. I could do a passable tattoo on you and you'd leave probably happy this dude can do a really rad tattoo on you and you can leave ecstatic. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? Right. Um, yeah. And it's, it's me admitting like, Hey, this is going to go better. This is why. And people, when you phrase it that way are like, Oh, well, fuck good looking out. Thank you. And I've really? even had a few people that are like, no, I want to get tattooed by you. Um, I had a, a weird instance Saturday where two people drove from seven hours away. I had tattooed the wife before it was the husband's first tattoo they live in like 
I forget where they live. It was like a six, seven hour drive. They have friends in the area, but they drove here for the weekend just to get tattooed. And I was like, hey, if you guys don't want to be at the shop for 13 hours, uh, Kayla just had somebody reschedule on her. She can do one of them too. And uh, the wife, I had started like a half sleeve and it needed finished, but it's just all like line work and stippling, soft floral. The husband wanted a ska themed, super bold, traditional tattoo. And I'm like, fucking hey, let's go. I'll do that. Kayla's really great with soft stuff. She'll do the rest of your sleeve. You guys don't have to sit here for 12 hours. We're great. And she was like, no, I like your tattooing. I want you to tattoo me. So I did like the least comfortable shit while she did something out of her element and did this like bold ass traditional tattoo. And they both came out great. But it was because that lady was like, I don't give a fuck that you're not the best for the job. You started it. I really like you. I want you to finish it. And it came out fine. But like, that was her choice. Beyond that, most people usually, when you're like emotionally mature enough to be like, I'm, I'm the weak link here. Let's yeah. fix it. The pe- people will be like, thank you. I'd love the yeah. tattoo I got from the person I got it from. You totally nailed that on the head. Thank you for not just taking my money and doing a lesser than tattoo just to get money. Um, but it, it, it is, you know, like you said, it boils down to that lady just being like, oh, I don't fucking tattoo. Look at this trash-ass skin. And it's like, dude, she lost a client. And I'm sure she's lost other clients. And there are people that will always, like, deal with bougie-ness. I've known shops that are bougie, owners that are bougie, clients that are bougie. But it is definitely people who, you know, their work is so good that some people will put up with it and deal with it. And some people are just bougie, so they put up with it, too, because they like that level of stuff. Oh, my client doesn't even fuck with nasty skin. I'm fucking flawless, you know, whatever. But, like, as a whole, you're doing a lot more detriment than good, for sure. Right, and you're not fucking supporting humans as a fucking race when you're just fucking too cool for anything, you know? Like, I've been through a number of situations that taught me a lot of shit, and I'm glad everything that's challenged me has, because, like, here I am now stronger and better because of it, and I know how to treat people, even when I'm saying the F word. You know, like, yeah, I, yeah, I I like it better to just, you know, treat people like humans, know your skill set. Like, dude, for, for a while, you know, it used to be, okay, well, my tattoo didn't heal well. What did you do to it? And like, that just didn't feel good enough for me. So after a while, I was like, all right, what did I do? And really like the way that I worked around it, I was like, okay, cool. Well, I do mainly giant tattoos. So if it doesn't heal fine in this session, no problem. It'll heal fucking great the next session. And if we make it to the end of all your sessions and there's still something that fucking needs, I'll throw it in there. But the truth of the matter is every fucking layer I put on your tattoo matters, just like an oil painting. So I'm just going to charge you for all the layers and everything that didn't heal fucking perfect, no big deal, because we're just going to get these layers built up. And then when we're at the last layer, boom. And if you have a crazy weird heel and some crazy shit goes down, all right, let's work through it. But you know, most of my clients, if they want one sleeve, they want two. They got two sleeves, they got a back piece. You know what I'm saying? So like, we're just <laughs> yeah. really working. And now cost is a non-issue on touch-ups because there's no such thing as a touch-up when you resaturate everything and you're fucking putting layers together. You know, so like, I made it work for me and my client because now you're getting a better tattoo because I'm putting another another coat of paint. If you've never painted a wall red, you don't know how important it is for layers. You know, like. Yeah. But if you have painted a wall red, you know how annoying the layering process can be. And tattooing can be like that. And so like, yeah, that, that is one of my favorite pastimes with like return clients when I'm tattooing them is to be like, hey, how'd everything else heal out? And I'll look at everything. And like, I will legit be like, hey, can I hit that one real quick? Right. We need because I want, I want people to have the best healed out tattoos and the best tattoo possible. And there's been so many times where I'll tattoo someone and I'll look at the other one and I'm like, can I hit that for just five minutes? And I'll just like hit these couple little spots. And I'm like, I know that sucked. And I know nobody likes getting tattooed. Wouldn't you rather me do that right now? And you leave with an awesome tattoo that we got those couple little, there was actually a girl that was in the shop yesterday getting tattooed by another artist at the shop, but I had done like a big black work piece on her forearm. And I was like, Hey, can I see it? And there's like maybe two or three like grain of rice size spots that like healed up black, but like could be blacker. And I was just like, all right, right, when are we tattooing you again? I want to hit those spots if that's cool with you. 
And because uh, she wants me to do like a whole sleeve, but like, yeah, I, I love that stuff. And it's sometimes it is like the client just didn't heal it out well. Sometimes it is, you know, that you just didn't do your best in one little spot, but it's like, okay, let's hit it. Let's make it the best. But yeah, right. that, that willingness to admit and acknowledge like, hey, I didn't nail this. We got our second shot here. Let's nail it. Versus you could have been the person online that was like, this fucking client's skin sucks these kind of tattoos on these kind of people and it's just like okay how many people aren't coming to you now because you're just kind of a cock right and like yeah. i've been a beautiful young woman that like you know i feel like the world opens up to me because i'm beautiful so like i like to fucking be like hey you're not perfect cool neither am i let's try and make a really rad perfect tattoo on you because oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know like i have shitty skin so, like, of course I'm going to fucking feel some type of way when somebody's saying, fuck you for having shitty skin because I feel personally attacked. I'm like, oh, my skin sucks. My back is real oily and I have back knee, even at 42. And, like, <laughs> you know, like, my fucking, when you tattoo me, you got to really know what you're doing and get it in there. Otherwise, it's going to fucking heal like shit because, like, my skin is combative. And, like, I know that. So I'm not going to pick on anybody for fucking being that way, especially if you're going to fucking pay so, me my rates. You know, like, you pay my rates, you deserve to get treated like a good fucking person because yeah. you passed my test. Yeah. That's my gate. Now you can come in. <laughs> Especially because with all of this talk of admitting wrongdoing and admitting that sometimes we're the problem and all that stuff, uh, I have a perfect example of all of that encapsulated into one. I tattooed a girl Friday, Thursday or Friday? Friday. Uh, that wanted to get, she had hit me up about getting two things, kind of like a follow-up touch-up, but they were tattoos that other artists had done years ago and just had a couple okay. little spots that didn't heal perfect. And uh, she's like, I want to get tattooed by you, but I also want to get these touched up. And I think you would do a good job with it. Would you mind, do you mind hitting other people's work if they're, they don't live in the area anymore? Or it's like kind of an extenuating circumstance. And I was like, yeah, in that situation, I don't mind. Um, she wanted to get three by me though. One was just a lettering piece. And the other two were like straight up like Sailor Jerry Flash, like old school, old school. And uh, I don't know if either of you saw it, but I posted the one. It's like, a heart with a banner and an arrow through it that has yes. her dog's name in it. Yes. Um, shit. She showed up and like her skin wasn't bad, but it was like, she's, she's like around my age. She's not a teenager. So she's got a little bit older skin. Um, it's like right here on her chest up kind of by her sternum area, which is not fun skin to tattoo. Right. Um, she's just like a little bit thicker of a girl. She wasn't like fat by any means, but like she wasn't skinny. Uh, it was just kind of a perfect storm of me seeing the tattoo she wanted and being like, dude, old school fucking tratty heart. Love it. Let's go. And then her being like, well, I want it on my boob. And like, this is me and seeing her skin and everything and being like, ah, less than fun. Okay. I swear to God, this girl did not drip one single fucking drop of blood. Her skin stretched. It sucked up ink perfect. Everything looked perfect. It's saturated perfect. I was like, this is one of the easiest tattoos I've done in months on one of the worst, least fun spots to tattoo. And I was able, I told her flat out, I was like, hey, maybe this is oversharing, but I wasn't super looking forward to this one because it's just not the most fun to place to tattoo. And I knew your tattoo would be great, but that it was just going to be kind of a pain in the ass in general. But I would never say that to someone unless we're in this situation where I was totally fucking wrong. Your tattoo is dope. Your skin was easy as fuck to tattoo. And you were a delight of a person. And she spent the whole time telling me about like her dogs and her wife and books she's reading. And I was like, this was a super positive experience. And not only that, but because everything went so well with all of her tattoos, it didn't take nearly as long as quoted. So then she ended up not paying as much. I was like, hey, it's actually only going to be this much. You were a delight. She hit me up about getting this like, whole fucking back piece from sailor jerry flash of like a naked woman wrestling a panther like tight ass shit and it went nice. great and i was fully admitted to her i was like hey i went into this with the mindset that it's going to come out great but that it's going to be some hurdles to get there and you totally proved me wrong just by existing so congrats on that um, but look at that that also is you being big enough to say hey uh I did something I know I'm not supposed to do. And I judged our experience together based on what I thought it was going to be like. I fucked up. You're awesome. Thanks for proving me wrong. Um, and I didn't even have to tell you this, but I did. And I appreciate you not hating me after telling you the truth. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? And I, I will, 
Did I it. will equally overshare when it is a hassle. Right. I'll tell people. I'll tell people afterwards. They're like, "You probably hate me because I just got the whole ass Bible tattooed on my ribs." And I'm like, "Now that we're done, I'm gonna be honest. That was a task, but you were cool. You got the tattoo you wanted. This was all still good. It was a little bit of a pain in the ass in the doing, though. And I'm fully willing to admit that because you paid me to do it, and I like it. And you're a cool person. So like, please don't feel bad about." requesting what you want right. and it not being my favorite thing to do this was still again way better than being fucking caleb neff mopping up doo-doos at high school at 19 years old right. getting to step right. back and be like now life is tight so like yeah it just it went well in the best way possible but it is one of those things where like it's even better versus stepping out afterwards and being like yeah it kind of was not my favorite but it was still fun and things were great to be able to be like, hey, that actually kind of was my favorite, and it was super easy, just off of just shit happens. It just kind of worked itself out, right? And it's nice when it does because, like, you don't expect it to some days. And you know, it's and this is really where the feelings part of this comes in because we fucking really don't know what we're doing a lot of the time. I mean, I don't, I know I'm yeah. not the only one in this. Where like some days it really takes you to like leave the house, you know, and accomplish one or two or three tasks. Or at least, you know, finish your tattoo day and be like, oh, well, the, this world isn't as bad as I anticipated, but my mindset was really bad this morning and I needed to get the fuck out of the house and get distracted from all this worry shit that I was into because now life isn't so bad because life isn't really so bad. And like, for me, a lot yeah. of the time, it takes, it takes a full day to get out of that. And um, I feel like the hard part in that is just allowing yourself grace and just being like, okay, I wasn't perfect today, but oh, well. Still had a good day. Most of my problems are first world as fuck. And uh, here we are. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, a lot of the time, the whole concept of five years ago, you or a former you would have sucked dick just to get where you are now. And you're having a hard time even fucking eating a sandwich that's tasty. You know, during yeah. this nothing's good enough and I'm so fucking angry and nothing's right. And it's like, no, no, that's actually not true. Everything's wonderful and we're doing fucking great, but we just have to get over ourselves sometimes. And that's hard. That's hard as fuck. I love it. Yeah. And it is I was beating myself up last week. It happens. I was doing circles uh, on fake skins and some of the steroids they had me on for my respiratory problem made my hand shake. And I was beating myself up over the fact that I couldn't do a perfect circle. Nobody can actually do a perfect circle. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and you're holding you're holding yourself to a standard that's impossible because perfection is uh, way more way more something we want than it is attainable. Uh, yeah. There's no reason to beat ourselves up like that, except for the fact that we're human and we just do that naturally. You know, the the human is the only species that will punish itself thousands of times for something that happened once. Yeah. So think about who you are and think about what your brain's doing to you and think about, oh shit, I am really not a problem or I am not the problem or there is not a fucking major problem. I'm just uncomfortable and one of my needs isn't being met. And you know, like there's six basic human needs and when those needs are met, we feel safe. You know, we feel, we feel fine, you know? And, you know, I think it's like um, variety, um, love and community, uh, charity, um, security. And I think there's like one other, but like, think about it. Like when, when you're mad and you got to fight somebody in your head, it's because you typically feel unsafe or challenged or threatened or like you're not, one of your needs isn't being met. So like when you just get in your head about, oh, this is this, what need is not being met? Oh, I feel unsafe. Um, you know, I feel I feel disconnected. Uh, you know, and things like that. And if you really can look at what your human needs are, uh, Google the six human needs um, and just figure out what you're missing and try and give yourself that. Uh, a lot of the time, I go to the mantra: "I am safe and secure. I am at peace with myself and others." Um, because if I if I don't feel safe, I get very angry and scared and violent can happen, and uh, just scary Robbie can happen, and that's not who I want to be, you know? Yeah. So 
it's weird when we can identify what need is not being met and then try to meet that need because it's like, wow, that's that's really wild that I actually can meet this need. I can fix this. I can feel better. I don't have to run around wondering why I'm so mad at everyone and everything. Oh, I'm missing safety and security. I'm missing connection. I'm missing love. I'm missing charity, you know, and that's where we are if you if you really look at it. It's just one of six human needs. And when you can identify what you're missing, holy shit, man, your life can change quickly because then you can change your focus. So on that note, because oh. that was all great, it is sick and I am going to run and watch a movie. Um, but I love you both and I will and see you next week. Yes. And it'll well, be a class and I'm... I'm sure I will text you between now and then, but I am going to go. And uh, you got off on a little tangent there, so I wanted to let you do your thing because that was all gold. Thank you, I appreciate it. Well, I, thank you guys. All you right. guys are awesome. So, happy, um, this is happy Monday, and I love you guys. And bye. Yeah, thank you. I love you, and bye. enjoy your flick. And text me which one you saw, and let me know how it was. Done and done. Beautiful. All right, I love you guys. Uh, I love you all. Thank you very much for coming and being a part of Let's Talk About Feelings on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. I am Robbie Rapole, as always. Dusty has signed off. Amber, our honorary co-host, is here chilling. And uh, I love you all for watching. Thank you to everyone at Reinventing uh, for just allowing this to happen and giving us a space where we can talk about feelings. Love you guys. Have a great day. I'm Rad and so are you. Have a wonderful one. Have a good night. Bye, Amber. Love